Welcome to The Extra, the show connecting you to the issues, topics, and people that are important to you. And the topic that uh, really grabs our attention, really, uh, more often than just once a month, but once a month we dive deep into it, is transportation, specifically the state's highways. And uh, for our guest today, we're so pleased to have with us Bob Wilson, who is the statewide communications manager for CDOT, Colorado Department of Transportation. Bob, welcome to the extra. Good morning, Shannon. How are you? Good morning. Doing just fine. You know, a lot of times uh, people are listening to KRDO News Radio in their cars. Uh, sometimes they're stopped in traffic. Sometimes they're passing by construction work. So that's why I really like this show uh, once a month where we can really deliver the in-depth information on what's going on with our state highways to people. And one stretch of road that I end up talking a lot about, especially over the past couple of uh, days, uh, has been this stretch of I-25 between South Academy and Mesa Ridge Parkway. So this is part of what we understand to be the Military Access Mobility and Safety Improvement Project, or MAMSIPS, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, and it's it's four it's four road projects wrapped up into that MAMSIP uh, title, if you will, and and the largest one and the one that generates the most questions and. At times, complaints is the stretch on I-25 there between Academy and Fountain on that exit 128 there at the south end of Fountain. And, you know, work is going to continue through there. And, you know, the biggest issue is is we we need to do traffic shifts around there because when you're widening an interstate highway, um, it requires that you keep traffic moving, but you also need to do construction, whether it be widening, repairs, whatever it is. And in this case, we have to put traffic into uh, like a head-to-head usually uh, type of configuration. Sometimes you get the luxury of having it split apart because you're working in the median area, but in many instances you have traffic in a head-to-head configuration, which requires people to slow down because you have traffic in a very, it's very tight. And, um, you know, and in this instance, you're talking about a project that is seven and a half miles long. So, um, you know, and, it, and the, with the reduced speed limits and uh, the amount of traffic that goes through there, it can create uh, a lot of traffic angst, if you will. Um, so, but that project, you know, it's, it's one of those situations where we always say short-term pain for long-term gain because we're going to have a, a nice roadway through there with three lanes and a lot wider shoulders when all is said and done on that project. Yeah, so that so is, you, you mentioned that's, that's one part of the project. What does MAMSIPS uh, c- encompass? Um, you know, it also it also includes as part of that area right there that we're talking about. Also includes replacing the bridges over South Academy Boulevard. Um, so that that's that part of it, and that required some traffic shifts through there as we take down the old bridges, build new bridges as well because uh, with with the widening that requires some new structures through there so that also includes uh, the charter oak ranch road improvements which are basically complete and that's the uh, intersection of santa fe avenue there in fountain and that also goes into uh, gate 20 down in that area so that's going to provide for uh you know a lot of time savings 
for a lot of the military personnel and families that uh, are on Fort Carson. We're talking about 45,000 military personnel and families. So that will cut down about a fourth of the trips that have to go into other gates by having that gate 20 available for usage. So that's part of it. That's substantially complete at this point. So that's the second segment. The third segment is out on Colorado Highway 94, and um, that's almost complete as well. So that included uh, including a passing lane on westbound 94 out there that, you know, that's improving the visibility out there and uh, the uh, passing uh, capabilities for folks out there. And also, we're going to have pretty soon the uh, new, what's known as the new jug handle to access North Blaney Road there after we get a, a traffic signal activated out there. So that's also going to help with uh, traffic flow out in that area. Um, and that's, you know, that's all part of that military connection, connecting the bases that are out on 94, as well as with uh, Fort Carson out to the, uh, to the southwest. And then also what's coming up, there's one more segment, and that's the South Academy Boulevard area. And that's also something that's being done in coordination with, with uh, El Paso County. And that's going to involve uh, widening with we're going to have three dedicated, three dedicated lanes in each direction between I-25 and then Milton Proby Parkway. So that construction is scheduled to begin in June of this year. So a lot of work going on. It also includes not just uh, El Paso County, but also the Pikes Peak Rural Transportation Authority um, as well, and something else uh, called uh, BUILD. So there's a lot of, a lot of uh, pockets of money that are coming in to improve Academy Boulevard. And so that phase, again, will begin in June, and uh, we anticipate work to be completed in 2024 mm. on all phases of this, all four phases of this project, with two already substantially completed. I was going to ask, are, are we on schedule for this? I mean, it sounds like a pretty complicated timeline. Yeah, yeah. Everything is on schedule at this point. When you have uh, this many moving parts, if you will, um, it's, it, you know, you have to coordinate a lot. And uh, so because, you know, the Academy Boulevard is kind of that last phase, but everything is uh, on schedule and uh, we're going to have some, some nice new roadways when everything is uh, said and done. New and, and safer. I mean, that's a big part of it, right? Improving the safety. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Safety is the primary our primary role at CDOT as well. So uh, safety is uh, job one and uh, in improving traffic flow um, and traffic conditions also will come into play with that after the safety element. Well, if you have are listening to this and have not already done so, there is a way you can get alerts on uh, closures or lane uh, reductions or lane shifts, etc. You can text MAMSIP, M-A-M-S-I-P, SIP to the number 888-970-9665. That will get you registered for text alerts. I did that when I was doing a lot of traveling up between Denver and Colorado Springs for some medical appointments. And it was uh, when you were doing the I-25 gap project, uh, Bob, and it was so helpful. I mean, there were times when I would say, oh, 
they have a closure that's going to impede my return trip, so I'm not going to go. And uh, I, and I can't tell you how helpful those text alerts are. So again, if you're listening to this and your travel takes you on I-25 between South Colorado Springs and Fountain on a relatively regular basis or even irregular basis, it's not uh, going to harm you at all. Text MAMSIP, M-A-M-S-I-P to 888-970-9665. Bob, we need to take a short break here. When we come back, more from Bob Wilson, CDOT Statewide Communications Manager. We'll tell you why it's so important to slow down in the cone zone. We're back with more of the extra and our focus today on CDOT projects. Bob Wilson, Statewide Communications Manager for CDOT, is joining us. And Bob, I know we're going to be talking in this segment about the Highway 115 project, but let me ask you this, because you were mentioning that stretch uh, that right now we're seeing construction in the early morning hours and overnight uh, between on I-25, southbound and northbound between uh, Mesa Ridge Parkway and South Academy Boulevard. And I've seen people just taking that stretch, that construction zone so fast. And it really bothers me because, I mean, there are workers not so far away. Uh, What do you say to people uh, when they're uh, really uh, ignoring the lowered speed limits that you have in those construction zones? You know, I'm glad you brought this up because um, we're about a week week and a half out from spring, the start of spring, and that means the start of construction season as well. So, you know, what we always tell people is that that a work zone is somebody's office, and that's where you have real-life human beings working. And so we ask people to respect um, that work zone because that is somebody's workplace. And when you're driving unsafely through those cone zones, that puts both roadside workers and the driver at risk. There's actually more fatalities in work zones to drivers of vehicles than there are to workers. So um, sometimes the the life you're putting at risk can be your own. Um, You know, so we're always telling people to respect that work zone, you know, to pay attention to the the road signs, the temporary ones, and for people to slow down. Um, You know, as you mentioned, that's that's been a big problem with that area um, I-25 where we have traffic squeezed down, you just don't have that flexibility um, to to maneuver through those areas. And so, and that's much more difficult to do when you're driving really fast. So we're always telling people, leave your phone alone, you know, get rid of distracted driving, pay attention to what you're doing when you're driving through a work zone. And it's not just sometimes your phone, sometimes it can be fumbling with the radio or something else uh, within your car. And, you know, does always just, again, reduce your speed, you know, and as you said, uh, it helps out to know in advance that you're going to be going through a work zone, um, especially one as long as that one. You know, the gap was 18 miles long. Um, and so that was the longest work zone in the state and was the longest one we'd had in place for you since the building of the interstate system. <laughs> so um, it always helps to know in advance. Um, to whether you're getting text alerts or even looking on our website to see exactly what's occurring. So if you do have to get to Denver, for instance, um, then you know, hey, I need to build about an extra 5, 10, 15 minutes into my travels because things are going to get a little bit slower, especially if you're traveling like during, during commuter hours where you're going to have a lot more traffic and could have a lot more slowdown. So it's always know before you know, respect that work zone, 
and you know and and slow down you know that's somebody's workplace and um you're putting everybody at risk if you're if you're speeding through through a work zone right and one of the reasons they're widening that is because it's very narrow lane so you add in the construction zone in there and you know if someone gets in an accident in that stretch it's going to cause major problems like we saw this morning uh because there really aren't uh, there aren't the typical shoulders that you would have uh because of the construction that's going on to pull over and uh for instance this this morning we had an accident uh i believe it was after construction had already picked up but uh you still had uh uh, you know, not exactly the best, the most optimum uh, sites for tow trucks and emergency responders to be getting in there. And uh, so consequently, you have a lot of slowdowns. Hopefully there were no injuries in that accident that we had this morning. Uh, in the meantime, let's talk about this Highway 115 project. Where do we stand with that? Because that is something that I think a lot of people are going to be very interested in. Yeah, this is a Highway 115 from the Fort Carson area, or basically it's all Fort Carson area, but since it parallels Fort Carson all the way, it's it's all within El Paso County. It goes down to the El Paso Fremont County line, and um, that uh, with this phase of the project on 115 is for, focused on basically the northern three miles of that work zone. We're adding passing lanes there, right turn lanes. We're reconstructing the bridge over Rock Creek. And we're doing major re- rehabilitation or where needed some reconstruction of the cracks and the pavement, the, the distressed pavement through there. And then next week, we're actually going to start some concrete paving through that stretch. So we'll, but we'll always be maintaining one lane of traffic in each direction. So that work will be uh, continuing. Uh, we're taking care of the northern section now. That'll be wrapped up um, a little bit by through the summer. And then later on, um, through the southern section of that uh, that project, that'll take place through probably the latter half of summer through the fall, and we expect work to totally be wrapped up by December of this year. That'll be completed. So um, we'll have a, a much nicer stretch of highway through there, and that'll also improve traffic flow with the with the passing lanes and uh, and uh, reconstruction of the bridge there, and uh, nice new pavement as well. Yeah, and and we should mention paving work has to take place during the day, right? Um, you know, it can take place at night during the summer. During the summer, um, okay. At this time of year, it's very temperature dependent, and so it's uh, during the summer we can pave during the night because you know temperatures sometimes are you know in that sixty degree range. But when you know at this time of year, when you have temperatures that are like below freezing, twenty, twenty five, thirty degrees those are not conducive to paving. Um, so nighttime paving is okay in the summer, but during the uh, during the winter and uh, the majority of the spring and the latter half of fall, uh, that goes away and we have to do it during the uh, during daylight hours. Well, we'll sure, be sure to pass along to our listeners uh, those closures as they come up and lane restrictions uh, through our traffic and weather together every 10 minutes here on KRDO's morning, afternoon, and midday news. Uh, where can people go, uh, Bob, to find out more from CDOT about this project, the Highway 115 project? Yeah, on, on that one, if you go to our website, which is codot.gov, and then there's a projects tab. Um, so it's like, CODOT.gov projects and then slash uh, Colorado at CO115 Colorado Springs to Penrose. But if you go on our website, uh, the CODOT.gov, and then you go onto the projects tab, 
Um, there you can, with the search function, you can check what highway. So if you put in Highway 115 or Colorado 115, it'll pop up um, that information. So you're able to get information. In addition, you can click on sections of a map on our website. So um, if you have a long stretch of roadway, if you're looking at like I-25, which goes border to border, you can click on a particular section of map if you're just looking at like Southern Colorado. And so that way you're not looking at what's occurring on I-25 north of Denver, for instance. So um, the website's the best place to, to get that information so you can find out exactly what's occurring. And if you go on our other website, our cotrip.org website. I was going to mention that. Yeah, website. it's a great resource, too. Yeah, the, yeah you could take a look at the, the traffic cameras there um, and then also see what the signs are saying, the big overhead signs on the roadways. So that can give you an idea not only about construction, um, but also it gives you ideas about road conditions when the, when the weather turns. If you have adverse weather conditions, you can take a look and see, you know, is that road uh, snowy and ice packed or, or, or what? Or is it clear, you know, between Colorado Springs and Denver when you're traveling up there, if you're commuting up to Denver or going up to Denver for some other reason? Cotrip.org is always a good resource. Definitely uh, some websites to take advantage of. All right, we'll be back with more from Bob Wilson. He's the CDOT Statewide Communications Manager. Today we're talking about projects that are improving safety and mobility. Mobility, the ability to get around our Pikes Creek region and surrounding area. So we'll be back with more from Bob in just a bit. Now we have to take a short break, bring you uh, our messages from our advertisers as well as our news and weather. We're back with our guest today, Bob Wilson, CDOT Statewide Communications Manager. And we've been talking about some of the projects going on around the Pikes Peak region, uh, Colorado Highway 115 project. That'll get you between Colorado Springs and Penrose when it's all completed in a much smoother fashion. Uh, but it's going to be a few uh, headaches maybe <laughs> before we get there if that is part of your regular route. But it'll all be better once it's all done. And MAMSIPS, that project going on that's uh, going to improve access for our military facilities uh, in Colorado Springs on the south part of Colorado Springs and the Fountain area. So if you want to register for alerts for that, again, the number to call, it's not call, you you text the word MAMSIP, M-A-M-S-I-P, to 888 970 65. And you can find out more about these projects on the CDOT website, which is codot.gov slash projects. All right, Bob, let's talk about the uh, I-25 Operational Improvement Project. And th- this is in an area very close to the downtown core. So it could uh, impact us more than maybe some of the others we've talked about. Yeah, this is going to be... Uh the construction of what would be known as an acceleration, deceleration lane on both northbound and southbound I-25 between Fillmore Street and Garden of the Gods. And so that's going to help, uh, as the title states, you know, operational improvements uh, on I-25 through that area. It's uh, widening it with another lane in each direction will definitely improve traffic flow. And, um, you know, we have issues with slowing of traffic there where the on-ramps merge onto I-25, and that increases the wait times through there. We, You know, we have ramp metering in place, and that 
does increase the length of those red lights on those ramp meters. So with uh, with the addition of those lanes, that'll definitely improve traffic flow, um, especially during those commuter hours, as you mentioned, uh, in the mornings and uh, in the evenings. Anybody that's driven through there has probably experienced a lot of those slowdowns that take place. So uh, we've got a, a project plans. Um, we're going to be going to add here in a two, three months with it, and then the construction will begin uh, this summer and uh, will continue through uh, 2024. So we'll, we're anticipating completion of the project next year. Um, but one good thing about this project is, um, as far as um, a work zone is, uh, is involved, uh, is that the lanes will be built on the outside of I-25. In other words, they're going to be built outside the traffic areas. Um, because you're adding a lane both to the to the east of I-25 and to the west of I-25. So even though some slowdowns will be put in place and uh, reduced speed limits, the construction will take place outside of mainline I-25 traffic. So even though you'll be going through a work zone and uh, some slow uh, uh, reduced speed limits will be required, um, it's not going to be like a lot of traffic shifts and those kinds of things mm. that will take place like we might have on Mansa. Uh, where you have actually lane shifting. Uh, and, and so you'll just put up those uh, concrete jersey barriers or whatever they call them uh, to, to keep the workers safe. Is that what the plan is? Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the concrete barriers will be put up um, the, there and the construction will take place, you know, on the other side of the wall, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, while those lanes, uh, those new lanes are constructed. Got it. Uh, that does, I think, uh, keep people, they're a little bit more free-flowing uh, because I think drivers, uh, even though they are following the, hopefully following the, the prescribed speed limits, I think it, 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 it puts that distance, that mental distance between drivers and the work that's going on. And so I think uh, they're able to uh, get through uh, such uh, possible slowdown areas uh, a lot easier, it feels like. And speaking of... <laughs> Uh, pinch points, uh, you know, areas where things slow down. Does this, does widening in this area, does this create new pinch points? Uh, because I, I'm not really, um, that I can't really me- memorize exactly where we stand with the, you know, how many lanes are going to be north of this, how many lanes are going to be south of this. Does it create any new pinch points? It's it's not designed to create any any pinch points at this at this point. So, um, this is this is a big area, this stretch of roadway where we've had a lot of slowdowns, and uh, but we we don't anticipating uh, creating any pinch points uh, uh, right now. So um, no, we don't we don't expect that uh, right now. I know what you're talking about where you go like from four lanes to three lanes, yeah. where you squeeze kind of like what the the gap was designed to eliminate, where you went down from three lanes down to two lanes. Uh, basically, what we called at one point the wormhole between Castle Rock and Monument, but <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and it's worked. It's, uh, it's worked. There, are, there's no wormhole yeah. left. <laughs> right. The traffic flow has gotten a lot better through there. Definitely. So, um, it is. It is designed to improve uh, the operations through that area. But 
um, we don't anticipate uh, that we're creating another another pinch point through there. Now, the ramp metering uh, continues to go on, the I-25 ramp metering project. Uh, and, and I got to say, you know, just my small vote, it seems like things... Uh, are are a lot better in areas where there's been ramp metering. You don't feel like uh, you have to fly in order to you know make your merge. Yeah, yeah, no, it's you know they've been using uh, ramp metering for many years in Denver, and oftentimes when I was driving down to Colorado Springs, uh, I would see the traffic just slowly crawling off of Garden of the Gods Road going southbound. And there was no meters, and I would tell the traffic engineers, I said, you know, we got, we need ramp metering here now <laughs> right. because it's traffic is already slowing down, and it's like it's creating some backups under the ramp coming off of Garden of the Gods Road, and I'd see it at a couple other locations as well. Technically, but, it wasn't yeah, even coming off of Garden that. of God's Road because it was as soon as that traffic light changed up there, and I think a Chestnut is the is uh-huh. the light that uh, on, for instance, on uh, eastbound uh, Garden of the God's Road. When that light changed at Chestnut and Garden of the Gods, all those cars were then merging right on the ones that were going to go on i-25 were then merging unimpeded right onto i-25 so you'd have like this platoon it felt like of 20 cars that would come on at one time exactly exactly and that's what metering is designed to do to to create you know some separation there so you can you know improve the traffic flow and it require you know it allows vehicles to pace safely into merging traffic onto I-25 or whatever interstate um, where you're installing those ramp meters. So um, we've got some map meters in place that are going to be uh, that the ramp metering at Academy, South Academy Boulevard will be completed, we anticipate, in May. And then we're going to resume work in May also at Woodman Road and at Northgate Boulevard as well. And that work will continue through uh, the majority of the summer, and we expect it to be completed by uh, the end of August. Um, So there'll be a a number of interchanges. Um, By the time we get to the end of summer, we'll have a number of interchanges that will be controlled by ramp metering and uh, we'll have uh, much improved traffic flow uh, through the Colorado Springs area. So so after this, are are we done then metering ramps? Uh, Not necessarily, um, because what happens oftentimes is uh, you have locations that are already targeted for ramp metering because there's been traffic flow problems like we had at Garden of the Gods. But as areas continue to grow, you can see ramp, where ramp metering gets added to other locations on an as-needed basis. So sometime in the future, you might see it at Baptist Road uh, you know, or somewhere else uh, at, in Monument at the Highway 105. You never know. Um, it's a it's an ongoing process uh, because for years and years we didn't have ramp metering like on Interstate 70 west of Denver, um, but now there are ramp meters there to control traffic flow, especially on those Sunday afternoons when the ski traffic, uh, ski traffic or tourist traffic in the summertime is uh, using Interstate 70. So ramp metering is, is something that uh, continues to it's an ongoing process. It's not. It doesn't, you, you get done with a ramp meter at one location, but you never know where there's going to be growth in another location that at some time in the future, you may need to add, add a ramp meter. 
Okay. Well, Bob, we'll talk more a little bit about that when we come back. We also want to talk about a big birthday for a structure here in Colorado that really made headlines back in the day and continues to make travel easier uh, for us in Colorado now. That and more coming up when the extra continues. We're back with the extra and our guest, Bob Wilson, who's statewide CDOT communications manager. And uh, we're going to be talking now about a tunnel that really has proven its worth over its 50-year lifespan. It's a tunnel that makes it easier for traffic to cross the Continental Divide, and it's celebrating this milestone birthday, the Eisenhower Johnson Memorial Tunnel turning 50. A lot of sweat, a lot of blood, a lot of tears went into the work of making this tunnel happen and opening it up in 1973. That CDOT spokesperson Tamara Rawlinson, who explained the construction of the tunnel at the time was an engineering feat. Now, a two-lane portion of the tunnel named for former President Eisenhower opened 50 years ago. Uh, Yesterday, March 8th, the remaining two lanes of the tunnel then opened several years later. They were named for then-former Governor and Senator Edwin Johnson. And at the time it opened, it was the highest vehicular tunnel in the world, sitting at an average elevation of 11,112 feet. And and Bob, uh, just describing that, I mean, that kind of puts it on a par with, you know, other engineering miracles that we had that came about about 50 years ago. You know, I'm thinking of dams and and bridges, but here we had a tunnel. Yeah, yeah, it it changed the face of Colorado, the the Eisenhower Tunnel. Um, You know, initially it was in a two-lane configuration, one lane in each direction while they built the, the other bore, the Johnson bore, which is the eastbound bore. But you know, and w- when you had to travel over Loveland Pass uh, to get to the Western Slope, um, it uh, it's opening that road up, uh, opening up Interstate 70 through the Continental Divide, changed the the economy of, of Western Colorado and just the the face of Colorado on the on the Western Slope as well, because you changed the economy and made it a lot easier for tre- people to travel from from east to west. You know, I remember when it used to take five hours to get to Glenwood Springs from Denver. Um, and nowadays, uh, you're, you're looking at about a two-and-a-half-hour drive. So the time savings have been uh, quite significant um, with the opening of, of that tunnel. And it's, it's showing its age a bit, but it's still functioning very well. And, uh, yeah, we hit 50 years yesterday. And uh, it, at 11 o'clock, we, uh, we were just a little bit under a half billion vehicles served. So we came in at uh, 400, a little over 434 million vehicles have gone through the uh, Eisenhower-Johnson tunnels in that 50-year time period. Wow, wow. I myself have gone through probably, feels like feels like a million times, but it's probably not quite that many. Um, when you talk about that history, I mean, what, what did... It, what what did people do before? Did they have to go around like over Loveland Pass? Yeah, yeah. You know they had different options, but you have to either use if you were taking, if you were going directly west, like to to Grand Junction or to Point South um, of Grand Junction. All those areas you would go over Loveland Pass. Um, you know, which can be treacherous in the winter time, or if you were going to like. Uh, northwestern Colorado, Salt Lake City, San Francisco, um, you would take Bertha Pass. 
And so, um, and which again could also be somewhat tricky and treacherous in the winter time um, when you have to go over those mountain passes. And so that eliminated that because nowadays, if um, most people that are traveling to northwestern Colorado or Salt Lake or wherever um, now go through the tunnel, go into Silverthorne, and then they go north on Highway 9 um, to get up to Highway 40 and northwestern Colorado without using that trip over Bertha Pass. Yeah, and, and I'm thinking of all the Randy. all the truck freight traffic that uh, you know. Talk about uh, d- definitely smoothing the way and opening up those uh, travel options uh, because uh, all of a sudden, even though it's not the best in the winter uh, for for some of those semis, I know they have to chain up, but um, it it, be, it becomes a lot easier and uh, for companies to move their freight around too. So uh, just amazing a feat of engineering. I. I I'm always appreciative when I go through there because uh, I've been in a lot of tunnels, never one, though, as long as that one. I mean, that is not just the the altitude of it, but the length of it. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, 1.7 miles long is wow. how long those uh, those tunnels are, both both sides. So, um, yeah, it's uh, quite a feat. We, we definitely did our best to... Uh, market and celebrates you know we stopped the traffic there at about 11 o'clock or we actually stopped traffic at at one o'clock yesterday um for we did like for 50 seconds we stopped traffic and then we had the vehicles that the, the first vehicle through there was a colorado state patrol vehicle and so we had an actual 1973 or 1970 um colorado state patrol vehicle that was uh used in 73 to go through there so Love um, it. Mark that occasion. Yeah, ah. so we we had a little bit of fun with it. Uh, wishing the the tunnel. Uh, a happy 50th birthday. <laughs> Cake for all. Uh, let's talk about, we have like a, just a minute or so left. Uh, you have a new route for busting. Uh, tell us about this because this might uh, really interest a lot of travelers. Yeah, uh, we are expanding our busting system. Uh, a lot of people know that we already run our busting between uh, Pueblo, Colorado Springs, Denver, and then have uh, travel, you're able to travel you know, to the east uh, out to Lamar and to the west to Alamosa and Gunnison. But uh, beginning on the 22nd of this month, March, we are going to uh, lengthen the service between Trinidad and Pueblo. That will be a brand new route. So we'll start service in Trinidad and it'll travel up to Pueblo and it'll include some stops as well between there like at Aguilar, Walsenburg and uh, Colorado City and then it'll arrive at the Pueblo Transit Center and that'll allow people to either uh, travel up to Denver or they'll be able to go west uh, to Alamosa. Mm. Uh, But once you get to Denver then you can go to DIA and go up north to Fort Collins or go west to Grand Junction. So yeah the system continues to expand and uh, so yeah it'll be our newest member of the Bustang family. And that again will begin. Uh, service will begin on March 22nd. Really opens up possibilities, and I'm thinking also. I think there's uh, some college students that probably are going to appreciate that as well. Again, it's ridebusting.com. And if you'd like to find out more about some of the projects and topics we've covered, uh, go to codot.gov. Or if you'd like to get current driving conditions as well as help planning your trip, go to uh, cotrip. Dot org. Our, our guest today, Bob Wilson, CDOT Statewide Communications Manager, just like to extend a big thank you on behalf of The Extra Show. Thank you. 
And we thank our listeners, too, for taking part in this hour of conversation. You've been listening to The Extra here on KRDO News Radio. More conversation coming your way with the Tom Martino Show.